0: you're listening to the super pod hero cast a night shift radio production
1: hey todd what'd you think of this movie uh it was fun oh thank god i thought this was gonna be one of those ones where i was gonna be like no it was fun and stupid and just yeah it's got it's got its faults but it's oh gosh this is gonna be a much easier episode now it's like god todd's gonna hate this happy
0: holidays buddy well
1: it's a happy new year
0: happy new year buddy Oh hello, hello, and welcome to the Superpod Hero Cast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes.
1: Episode one twenty eight. I'm Casey Ryan, and I'm Todd Panic,
0: and, and we, we watched,
1: watched Hero at large, <laughs> or, uh, or uh, we searched the high seas for this movie. Did you notice that it was labeled Captain
0: Avenger? I did. Hero at large. Yeah, it,
1: but it's it's not in the in the movie, and I never saw that being an alternate title anywhere. Same. So.
0: Same. Yeah.
1: This movie should have just been called the Blueprint for Sam Raimi Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fucking said it.
0: Full disclosure: I remember this movie. So I was nine when this movie came out.
1: Do not remember this movie at all. You were not born. Never. Right? Ne- <laughs> Wait. What year? 1980. When in
0: 1980,
1: <laughs> when they had been... In utero, right. <laughs> i mean, been in utero. Um, yeah.
0: it, you know, I wondered, so we both had fun watching it, and this is a fun movie.
1: Oh, yeah, this is a fun, silly...
0: Not really a superhero movie like Paper Man.
1: Well, it's more of a superhero movie than Paper Man. Yeah, and it's first. more enjoyable than it, Paper Man. And weirdly, like I said, it has a lot of the things that end up in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies.
0: Uh, yes, we can, um...
1: It's got that feel, it's got like a superhero feel, but where in real life how this would happen. Like this never goes beyond the, v- the realm of realism.
0: A hundred percent.
1: And there's, there's, even though it's a, it's that like heightened movie realism, but still it stays grounded.
0: Right. There's a superhero character in it. There are no superheroes in this world or in this movie. And they never pretend to be
1: right. And he never like becomes an actual superhero. Right, right,
0: right. So it's definitely at the outer fringe of, of, uh, of the movies in Thor's helmet. But unlike Paper Man, it's fun watching it.
1: Yeah, I had a total blast watching this. I thought it was super fun. Good, dumb fun. Like, John Ritter moves this movie up at least 30% for me. So let's. Because he's just so delightful.
0: Let's put a pin in that because I think I wondered how this would play for you because I grew up in the era where John Ritter was kind of a, a television leading man.
1: Right, in Three's Company, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but I think it's hard to understand how big he was at the time. So, you
1: know, he, he you know, I totally get how big he was. he was. He was a big deal. Wasn't there some sort of thing where he got, he was like the most paid person on TV? I
0: think he was. I, I think he was at one point. Um, and again, this is an era before cable television, before the gro- growth of all these kind of alternate channels of distribution. There were three channels, right? NBC, CBS, ABC. And he owned, he owned, oh, let's see, was that ABC, I think?
1: I think so, because that was a big deal when he came back for Eight Simple Rules. He was going back, back to ABC, the network. Sure, he started, sure, sure, Yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, Eight Simple Rules.
0: Uh, never watched it.
1: It was so good. Mm-hmm. And then he died. Right. And they had his character die on it. Yeah. And the show just really could never recover. They tried so hard, but it just, it's where uh, we were all introduced to Kelly Cuoco. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she plays the older daughter.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: Or the young, (sighs) there's something weird about the two daughters. It doesn't matter.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Hey, Casey, we, you know, we've got some, we got some structure before we start going all willy nilly here.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm talking about willies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, is your still in a...
0: Have you looked at this yet? I, I did because I needed to pull the beer info, but I looked at it about five minutes ago. Beep, 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 yeah. So, All right. Since we are... Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? And since we are recording this in early December...
1: You know, yeah, spoiler. Curtain. <laughs> We're trying to make some runway before uh, holiday season comes.
0: Yeah. Well, we're doing okay. what we did last year, right? So last year we were recording during December. Once again this year, my Christmas gift to you was Br- our dear friends branching out bottle mm-hmm. shop's Advent Beer Calendar.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: we are drinking the beer this evening that is for December 6th. So Casey, you wanna
1: Well, we're pop even giving the date where we're Ooh. Oh
0: intense and toasted. How I like my life. <laughs> So uh, our beer is a little bit farther away, comes to us from a farther away place than Syracuse or broader New York State this time. Going all the way to Italy for a brewery, Angelo Poretti is the name of the brewery. So it's an Italian brewery. Uh, Like some of the other beers we've had, this history goes back a ways. It is 1877, Angelo Poretti. Uh, had been traveling in Austria, Bohemia, Bavaria. He met some of the world masters of beers, kind of learns the secret in 1877, comes back to Italy, opens his brewery in Valgana. This land is precious thanks to its sources of pristine water, a crucial ingredient for high-quality beer. For more than 144 years, Valgana has been the heart of their brewery, and today it beats around the world. So do you want to share the beer that we're drinking today? And And I chuckle at their... Choice, because it's December sixth.
1: So it's uh, six Lupoli. Is that how you would say that?
0: Yep, Bach Rosa.
1: Oh, but I just see six Lupoli. That's Uh, not the name of the beer.
0: The red. Yeah, it's it's their six Lupoli Bach Rosa, and that is a Bach red beer with six hop varieties. A malted malt with a rounded flavor, marked by an aroma of toasted cereals and notes of caramel and licorice. It is ideal with red meats, tasty cheese, game, and chocolate.
1: So this is going to taste like Cheerios?
0: <laughs> oh, Jane, cheer-
1: ignorant slut. Cheerios-flavored beer? We're be onto something <laughs> there. All right. oh, this is very dark. Ooh. Whoa!
0: Oh, holy shit! You know, this is one of the things I love about the Advent Beer Calendar. Joel and Carissa do such a great job of picking great beers that Honestly, I would not find. Right? Like. Totally. Oh boy. Ooh, that's all right. Hey, buddy. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.
1: God damn it. Oh, that's good. Oh no, that's dangerously good. Oh, that's what's it? That's what I'm looking
0: at right now, yeah.
1: Seven. Woof.
0: Seven. Okay. Uh, you know what it right. is? It's seven. am <laughs> pretty sure that's not how we say it? But I'll, yes. All right. Sure. <laughs> seven. <laughs> okay.
1: It's it's uh, Pacino in. It's the scent of a woman. Seven. No? I okay. never love
0: right. that movie. I don't remember him saying that, but maybe it's maybe. not. In,
1: maybe it's in um, Glen Gary, Glen Ross.
0: Maybe never watched it. It's not I'm just okay.
1: bring it back to the The thing that made us friends That's right And That's not right. just Acquaintances
0: Which is why All train cars Smell vaguely of shit Piss Piss ah, Same thing
1: It is not the same
0: thing ah, Same thing You know
1: David Mamet would like a word
0: yeah, exactly. Um, so,
1: so now do I just sit here for the next seven minutes while you monologue, yeah. <laughs> pretending to drink a gimlet? Is that what, what's going to happen yeah. now?
0: Sorry, buddy. Make, making did. weird expressions at you. You're such a great scene partner. You're such a generous scene partner.
1: That's what she said. <laughs> All right, that is really fucking good. Oh That's boy. A good yeah. Hmm. Yum yum yum.
0: Uh, now we haven't had a lot of these this season yet, but I've actually got a. Reshoot? You do? I do. Do I know about this reshoot? No, you're hearing it now uh, for the first that's, time. <laughs> Thank God. I'm like, wait, fuck, did I forget something? <laughs> no, you sure didn't. So in our, in our kind of bonkers holiday double feature that we did of Roadhouse and Pirates of Penzance, I shared a story about Phoebe Cates being my brother Joey, who happens oh. to be a gay man, uh, the only woman he's ever had a crush on. You correctly pointed out that we should... Get Joey's permission to share that fact. Yeah, I reached out to him the other day. He said, "Of course," he, you know, asked what the context was out of curiosity. I shared, and he he corrected me. So it was uh-uh. a private reshoot. But I want to I want to share it in the, in the in you know the spirit of full disclosure and the authenticity. Hang on, you,
1: you have permission to share this. You use yes, the word private. Yeah. Okay, just
0: yeah. I mean, it was it was like you know in our personal exchange. Joey pointed out that Phoebe Cates, although a woman that he had a crush on. That she was a woman he had a crush on. She is not the only woman he's ever had a crush on. Oh yeah, he you shared,
1: said one of. You said there was more than one. You just didn't say what the other one was.
0: Uh, he, okay, all right. Well, he.
1: Can you tell I just edited the episode?
0: <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. <laughs> uh, well, as soon as Joey texted the names, I was like, "Oh my god, of course!" I remember. I remember Joey's Oh rem- boy,
1: I'm excited.
0: Yes, one of them has already made an appearance on this podcast. It might have been the year was it my first or second birthday pick when we did Swamp Thing. Andrew Joey Barbeau. was a big fan of Adrian Barbeau. Yep.
1: Adrian Barbeau, yeah.
0: And sure, uh, sure. the other woman he shared and of course this one uh he had the later in life thrill of getting to interview her in his work on uh, the Sun Coast View down in Sarasota, where he worked for really? many years. Okay. He had the pleasure of interviewing one of his all-time loves, Olivia Newton-John.
1: Oh, well, listen, if you don't have a little crush, no matter where you fall right. on the Kinsey scale, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you, there's something wrong with you. Sure, she's sure. she
0: People she's, of all genders, yes. yes
1: all genders, exactly. all sexual yep. identities, everything, have to, have to. It is and like he, human law.
0: <laughs> he shared, I wonder if I can get him to give me a, he tells it so well, meeting her was wonderful. And he was oh, so sure. clearly, clearly like awkward and smitten. And he said she could not have been sweeter. I'll She's probably reach used out to, him see to if it. He can give us a little uh, video cl- or audio clip of that.
1: I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure she is just used to, um, sure that happening to her.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I'm right with you. Right with you.
1: It's still crazy that she's only been gone over just over a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was
1: a, that was a weird one.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. RIP.
1: Well, let's not bring down the podcast too much. We're here to have a good time with a good movie. That's Even right. though our lead actor in this also died an untimely death.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's going to be a tough one to circle background on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. That is correct.
1: <laughs> boy, um, doing this and that, have, having done Roadhouse and then this, I'm like, boy, women are just there in movies of this time oh, period, yeah, to it, just be the the attractive thing for the man.
0: Uh, first of all, has Anne Archer aged in 43 years? She <laughs> the still looks amazing. Is yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible.
1: Absolutely beautiful, but uh, she had no agency in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's a 1980 movie. She's there to give John Ritter's character something to, you know, chase. I mean, I you know, right. I I mean, I hate to, I hate to say it that way, but this movie does not pass the Bechtel test.
1: Well, because she's one of only two women who have speaking lines in this film.
0: (laughs) Doctor Joyce Brothers as herself, Mm. Mrs. Uh, Anita. Oh, I forgot
1: about that scene. Yes, 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 yes.
0: As Mrs. Havachek. Oh I mean, yeah, I guess
1: there are. I, I was just thinking of the reporter.
0: Yeah, Jane Halloran as Gloria Preston. Ace reporter. A real Lois Lane type.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sure was, except if Lois Lane uh, hated superheroes.
0: Oh. All right, so let's go through a couple of things. So we started talking about John Ritter. You know, 1980, this is kind of smack dab in the middle of his run on Three's Company. And yeah. he, had, he had been a working actor prior to that, his first film credit is 1971 he shows up like like a number of actors do 1967 his first TV credit on the dating game as a contestant <laughs> have you ever seen any of those old ones like Phil Hartman was on the dating game it, yeah it was not uncommon I think for actors in Hollywood I, I know it
1: an actor who, who uh, personally, uh, he spoke at my wedding. Who was a contestant on the new Data game?
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: <laughs> my friend David. Um, no kidding. Yeah, he also had a small uh, stint, like a, I don't know, maybe 13, 18 episodes on Bones.
0: Oh no way! Oh, that's very. Interesting. Did you go to um, AMDA No,
1: with him? he's he's uh, graduated with my brother.
0: Oh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But
1: he he was in for our wedding from L.A., so I had him speak at it. Oh, how cool! That's awesome. He read the uh, opening thing from Fantastics but it,
0: which is a musical question. There mark? You go. Okay. No,
1: no, it's a musical. Okay,
0: so uh, 1980, this movie comes out. It's right yeah. in the middle of Three's Company and, uh, Come I mean, and knock on our door. Yeah, right. arguably one of the biggest shows on TV at this time. And John Ritter is one of the biggest stars. Aubrey and I just watched, well, we watched over the summer, I think, the three-part Arnold documentary Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then we just watched, like a week or two ago, the Sylvester Stallone documentary. I think it's also on Netflix. Both of them really, really fascinating. I thought Arnold's was a better documentary, but even Sly's was really good. You know, they point out, and I, I think it was in Sylvester Stallone's documentary, and as I was watching this, it so like reinforced this idea with me. This is before the era of like He-Man and action heroes who are muscle bound, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, John Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. He is a he is a sex symbol, right? He's in great shape. <laughs> He's in great regular guy shape. Yes. Yeah. Like. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I I
1: miss this time when you just had to look good with your shirt off. You didn't have yeah. to be oh muscle bound.
0: Right, right. You didn't have you didn't have to uh who's the kid from uh Twilight the Werewolf? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner talked about like having like just bags of mm-hmm. hamburgers, right? And just eating them and miserable and dehydrated to get the cut look. Yeah. John Ritter, well, sex well, symbol on
1: TV. is that the thing with um the Rock and Mark Wahlberg, don't they have to wake up at like three in the morning and eat?
0: Yes. No, thank you. No, thank you on every <laughs> level. You know a, you
1: know what I like better than looking like The Rock or Mark Wahlberg? Fucking sleeping through the night.
0: <laughs> um, I think, is it Rob McElhenney? Yeah. No, no, no. It's uh, Chris Pratt has talked oh. about, because he has been fat and fit in his career, uh-huh. And he has said that, you know, fat Chris is a lot more fun, <laughs> that fit Chris is miserable.
1: <laughs> I think he did a very smart thing, kind of along those same lines as Anne Hathaway, not talking about how she lost weight for Les Miz and got in shape for The Dark Knight Rises. Chris doesn't talk about, like, the lifting part. He's, the main thing he says I cut out all alcohol, Yep, which is going to make it a lot easier to lose weight. Sounds horrible. Sounds awful. But the other thing is like on Guardians One, Two, and I think on Three, he would like, and maybe even like any time he was on set on break, he would be like, Okay, here's my uh here's my snack for the day. And he would just be like, Oh, this is this is awful. This is tasteless, this <laughs> disgusting. I wish it was a bag of chips, but that's how I get this. I'm like, that's a good way to do it. Don't give away your secrets, but also be like, it's it's a shitty existence.
0: Yep. So for me, this brought back so many sense memories. I remember we watched Three's Company. I remember when this movie came out. Yeah. I've never seen anything in which the people that worked with John Ritter were not incredibly like effusive in their praise of his comedic ability and the joy he was to work with. It's really nice, you know. I'm I, I'm contrasting that with I just saw a clip from Meatballs today, literally um, of Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh, I love Bill Murray, but it's hard to. Square that with these, you know, horrible things that we are hearing about him now. I've never seen anything about John Ritter that remotely came close to that. Have have you or what's your John and
1: and his son, Jason, who are both, uh, who is incredibly talented as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've seen him in something and I think I was surprised.
1: Did you watch Raising Dion?
0: No. Oh, but but now I see the picture of him. Yes, I, I, I recognize him. Yes, yes.
1: Oh, yeah. He's been in a ton of shit, but. Yep. That Raising Dion was, I, Elliot was quite smitten with Jason Ritter when we were watching uh, Raising Dion. I'm like, so, uh, the movie we're doing tonight, uh, you know, it's Jason Ritter's dad. And she's like, oh, what's his name? Like Jonathan or something? I'm like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> his name. He's John Ritter. And she goes, oh, for real? I'm Like, yeah. I show her a picture of it She goes, oh, I'm like, yeah. He was a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. was a big goofball. Like, uh, stay tuned. Um, yeah. The three's company, all this stuff. He like did goofball stuff, but there are moments in this movie where he's got like that leading man look to him. I'm like, all right,
0: yeah. go, John. Good job. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, so I remember, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Did you ever see Holy Moses starring Dudley Moore?
1: I may have as a kid. I don't remember it though.
0: So John Ritter has, I would say, almost a cameo. Comes out the same year, 1980, where he plays the devil and he's hilarious. Um <laughs> but uh-huh. he his career definitely cools after Three's Company. So Three's Company runs from 77 to 83. You know, Jesus. he's making a boatload. I just saw a note about the money. Okay. So season five, which runs 80 to 81. So right when this comes out, um, so I'm reading from the Wikipedia page for Three's Company. Season five marked the beginning of contract renegotiations and sparked friction on the set. Summers demanded a, Susan Summers, Suzanne Summers, yeah. Yeah. demanded a substantial increase in salary from 30000 to 150000 per episode, which That's would be equivalent in $2022 of 107000 going up to 533000 plus 10% of the profits. Now, John Ritter was the show's top-billed actor. He was making $50,000 per episode at the time. God um, damn it. That's a lot Suzanne of money. Suzanne Summers does not get what she asked for. She kind of goes on strikes. Uh goes on strike, but it, you know again, was well, she is
1: replaced, the, right? She is does it? get
0: replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. you know, one of those you know, you, you careful, right? Like <laughs> yeah. um she gets replaced after season 5 um generally Harrison is the new blonde? Uh she's yeah, not. She's not. Cindy. She's not Cr-
1: Cindy. Yeah, because because yeah. Suzanne Summers was Chrissy, right?
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. And she's the character Cindy is the cousin of Chrissy, right? Because that's <laughs> that's what they do on TV, right? Like we keep it in the family. Wait, but um, anyway, so this movie comes out in 1980. Um, in terms of production. The names that probably would have meant something at the time. So it's written by a guy named A.J. Carruthers. I, the only other property I think you'd recognize is a movie that I actually really love. Um, the Secret of My Success. Sorry, mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox. He wrote mm-hmm. that. Um, it gets directed by a guy who's a writer-director by the name of Martin Davidson. Does a yeah. lot
1: of TV. Kind of shows. He shoots this like a, like a TV show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, he directs. The Lords of Flatbush, which was a breakout role for Sylvester Stallone. Yep. And Henry Winkler, Arthur J. Fonzarelli.
1: Arthur J. Fonzarelli, yeah.
0: Uh, He directs this. He directs the cult classic Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, yeah.
1: With, um, oh, shit, who's the lead in that? Is it Uh, Fox? No.
0: No, no, it's uh, Michael Perret. He's the guy who famously threatened to beat up one of the MTV News guys. Because... Michael Parade does not do the singing on Eddie and the Cruisers. And way back when, do you remember when MTV News was a thing? Yeah. They were interviewing him. And uh, what was the guy's name? Chris MTV News. I'm guessing you've never seen this video. No. uh, Chris Connolly was the guy. Um, He basically starts, (laughs) it's clear that he's going to be poking at the fact that Michael Paré is not doing the singing in Eddie and the Cruisers. A good,
1: always a good idea.
0: And and Michael Paré like they're doing this in the interview. And Michael Paré basically is like, if you're about to make me look like an idiot, I'm going to kick your ass. It's a it's a <laughs> one it's a wonderful. Why do oh, interviewers it, was think was they Kurt, can do this shit? Or Was it Kurt? Lowe? Well, the thing was both. Um, Kurt Loader Was it? What? Kurt Loder or Chris Connolly? No, I think it was I think it was Chris Connolly. I'm having this sense memory. Um oh boy, I hope I'm not misremembering this. There was a time when MTV News really like I feel like both Chris Connolly and Kurt Loder were legitimate news people.
1: Sure, but there's a difference between being a legitimate news person and being a sack of shit in an interview to somebody. Like I, the the South Asian British guy.
0: Oh, he did Yes.
1: Did the interview with Quentin Tarantino. Martin, yeah, whatever his some, name yeah. is. Martin Dickhead. The interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino, where Tarantino rightfully literally says, I'm shutting down your question. Like, Martin
0: Bashir. Yes.
1: Martin Bashir. And then the more famously and much worse was with Robert Downey Jr. Well, oh, Robert yes. Downey Jr. is there to, yep. to uh, I think it's Avengers, Age of Ultron.
0: Yeah, because that was yeah, like yeah.
1: the the movie that had like a string of interview mishaps, like that where Barbara Junior walks out on the interview, mm-hmm. and then the thing with Scarlett Johansson, where the one guy who also was the guy who asked um, about the uh, about uh, Anne Hathaway in her cat suit, yes, and, she, and Anne was so great about it. She's like, "Do do you want to wear a cat suit?
0: No, let's talk about this." Yeah. Is this yeah. something
1: I'm like, God, I love you, Anne. You're so great.
0: That ranks right up there with Tom Hardy's flipping the question on the reporter who's asking about actor's yeah. are sexuality. You,
1: are you asking about my sexuality?
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's it's up, up, up there. There's also one that just is making the rounds that is uh, older. It's whatever was it? What was the Pirates of, of uh, Caribbean movie with um, Javier Bardem? Whatever that one that on one was, Stranger
0: Tides. Was Whatever the, the last, last one? one was, yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch it. And, and Penelope Cruz
1: is in it, and yep. with an interviewer, it it is a uh, a, a Spanish language uh, question, and the person starts asking. You see Javier pull out the earphones; or just need the translation. And the guy pretty much asks, "Are you the only person in the world that's happy to go to work with their wife?" And you see Javier just make like a disappointed look. Wait, he's married just,
0: to Penelope Cruz.
1: Yeah. And he goes. I did
0: not know that. Sorry.
1: What a what a what a disappointing question! And just turns oh. <laughs> away from the guy, and you're like, "Oh my god." I love I love that when they shut them down. Like yeah, the Sir Handsome one is also great with the guy because he's asking if she wore underwear, and he's she's like, "What I is going that. on?" This is like the third person, and Jeremy Renner is sitting next to Scarlett, and he is just silently smirking, like, "Get him."
0: <laughs> I think I've seen that one, but isn't that when? Uh, I think it's Jeremy Renner, ScarJo, and Chris Evans. And don't they do something where, like, they flip it and Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner take all of the ridiculous wardrobe... I don't think it was that diet. same
1: guy, but I think during the that, that same that day, they, they Chris came ta- in, yeah. They
0: started fielding those questions and giving yeah. her the the meaty, actual acting questions, which is... Shows you what good guys, both of them, apparently. Are.
1: And I think it has one of my favorite uh, Chris Evans moments where they're like, who is the most attractive Avenger? And Chris goes, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Did I answer that too quickly? <laughs> You're like, who's the most attractive? Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So, all right. hey, folks, if it's not apparent, this is going to be one of these episodes where, you know, it's gonna be we're short. just kind of hanging out
1: the wikipedia uh, synopsis thing is two paragraphs long so
0: and, and we're not criticizing we appreciate the folks at wikipedia that write those all. yeah Let's, and it, uh, it got, gives what we got, need yeah. to
1: like we could go through beat for beat of this movie nah. and probably take a normal amount of time but i'm totally fine with doing it this way absolutely okay strikes over go find this movie if you haven't seen it
0: yeah absolutely it's a it's,
1: fun time
0: it's a fun movie there's you know Other than the fact that it's it's a 1980 movie, there's uh, the female character is not developed. There's an Asian accent that is, you know, that is not acceptable nowadays. Representative of the time, not saying it's okay. Representative of the time, but didn't you feel
1: like when John was doing it, he's like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm gonna half-ass this accent.
0: I got me honestly no, because I don't think anyone had that awareness, right? Like it was that 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 sing-song Asian caricature. Was well, I,
1: I I did notice that and and what's her name,
0: Ann Archer
1: Archer. Um, I did notice that she was like, when she responded with that kind of a broken English, racist, Asian uh, way of speaking, she did no accent. Now, either she just couldn't do one, or she's like, I I absolutely refuse to do that. Accent. <laughs> um, oh, and there's also a l- little moment of uh, some um, gay bashing.
0: Uh, oh, did I miss that? Oh, We're no. Looking think... at all
1: the pictures.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah.
1: like, yeah, this one. He's a little strange. He goes, "Wow, well, well, I don't want any. And I can't remember. He doesn't, thankfully doesn't use the F slur. Um, but he uses something. Was
0: fruit. Was it fruit? It's not, No, it
1: wasn't even that bad. It was something really light. But then his manager's like, no, no, no. And flips his wrist down. He's like, he's not yeah. that. I'm like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's
1: 1980. But also probably a good chunk of the people that you are um, representing at that time in New York as uh, yeah. theater actors <laughs> are so
0: yeah yeah exactly let me finish one last thing in production we typically talk about the banana stand um, the banana there's always money in the banana stand mm-hmm. uh, but what there isn't for this movie is a budget that I could find so Wikipedia does give us a box office total it does 15.9 million dollars. Oh, huh. which I, holy shit, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So um, nowadays, that would be, it's like 2.7. So uh, where's my calculator? 15.9 times 2.7. So it's about like a $42, 43000000 million movie, but okay. And except,
1: except for the last scene of this movie, I wouldn't be surprised if this budget was, I don't know, a couple million. Yeah, hundred percent. They, yeah, they, yeah. they destroy a building
0: at the well. End. <laughs> did, well, it's so funny you say that. One of the things I noticed when the building is burning and mm-hmm. the piece falls off, it's just a fr- it's just like a framed sheet of like two by fours it was probably that was probably 40 bucks worth of wood yeah right that something was stapled to right or nailed to yeah yeah, yeah. and it just topples yeah yeah there's 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 no special effects other than the 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 fire right like i hope so stunt performers but Uh, john we're just
1: gonna set this building on fire and you just go in it'll be fine
0: it does look like him running across the top of the building
1: why you why are you getting in your car Wait, where are you going, John? <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right.
1: Um, you got any almost casts or anything in this? No, I have a sneaking suspicion this was written with uh, Mr. Ritter in mind.
0: I, I think so. It certainly makes sense. This is an era where, you know, it is not what it is today where people can cross b- between mediums, but Steve, John Ritter was really such a superstar of this time. Uh, I'm sure it was developed for him.
1: And I have a sneaking suspicion just because it's not in the, the liner notes and we'll then we'll get into the actual uh, plot synopsis. Yeah. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion one of the first scenes that was shot was uh, him and um, uh, uh, what's-her-face's first, Ann Archer's uh, meet-cute at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because he's very much doing, um, fuck, what's his name? Don't tell me. Hang on. Let me think of it. Don't wait for Uh, Jack. Jack Tripper. Jack Tripper. Yeah. yeah. He's very much like, oh, ah, well, just, this is so, huh, hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this had to have been like, did you finish filming Three's Company? And the next day you went to this, and you're like, oh, i got to shake off Jack Tripper.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because the rest of the movie, he's not really doing that. But that that one scene, specifically, he is very like, ah, I'm awkward. And,
0: and he. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which I which mean, again, look, it's his brand. I and love.
1: Yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not complaining that he does it. He's so good at it. But yeah, I felt like that was maybe a, uh, oops.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, look. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna take a guy off like the biggest show on TV at the time mm-hmm. into this movie vehicle for him, then you y- you know you're not gonna do you're not gonna play against type, right? You're gonna you're gonna make sure that he's doing exactly what. You know, people are tuning in every week to watch him do on TV.
1: They do it five years later with uh, Michael J. Fox.
0: Sure, he's sure, sure, not,
1: sure, He's not stretching his, uh, I- at least in the first one. It's more in two and three. But in the first Back to the Future, he's just Alex P. Keaton,
0: yeah. who happens yeah.
1: to travel through, through time in a DeLorean. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Look, people, um, people don't want a new, different thing. They want the same thing that they loved before in different packaging. So. Well,
1: people of the '80s did. Now, now we want.
0: I would direct your attention to the remakes that Hollywood can't seem to get enough of.
1: Yeah. Um, I would direct your attention to Casey hates most of the remakes. Well,
0: you're not <laughs> wrong, but uh, well, with that, All
1: right, on that, <laughs> let's roll that film. I'm starting to think that first beer before we started recording might not have been a good idea.
0: Uh, listen, I can't wait to have a jazz gummy when we're done, but I, I'm oh not doing boy. that.
1: Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> so, I really enjoy mm-hmm. the nothing is going to be what you expect it to be of this opening scene. Sure. When they're standing on the street corner. and.
0: How did it happen? You knocked me up. That's how it happened. You said you were safe. Well, I was wrong. It's a hell of a thing to be wrong about.
1: I do love the construction worker that's behind them. That's a very real New York City (laughs) moment where the guy's like, "Yeah, holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, he is dropping all the eaves and listening so hard to this conversation and just milking that he is the... Through shot between these two actors, He's <laughs> like, "I am in between the two of them. I'm going to have a ball with this." Right.
0: I'm not. My stuff's not getting cut. I'm definitely showing up in the final edit. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah.
1: He hamboned the shit out of it, but I just love <laughs> that, that this whole thing's going on, and then she forgets a line.
0: Oh shit! I had these lines down cold, oh, Steve. I I, did, I really oh, did. Well. I we went over them this. once, twice, three times. I can't times, work with you please. anymore. I got to go meet my. Oh, agent. just one more time.
1: And it's like for a scene study class. I'm like, oh, haha Because yeah, yeah. at first, you know. I've never seen this movie. Yep, And I was like, sure. oh, this is the reason he takes the Captain Avenger sure, job. he needs,
0: right, he, he knacked up his woman. He needs some hard cash, yeah. He needs the money, sure. And they're like, no, no, no,
1: nothing that serious is going to happen in this movie. Yeah. Settle in for a mildly screwball movie. Yep. So, Steve Nichols, the wonderful John Ritter, is a struggling New York actor who accepts a job of posing as a comic book hero for the needs of a film's promotion. So let me ask you. <laughs> I have a feeling what your question's going to be. Go ahead.
0: Of the two of us, you were much closer to this life than uh, I was not close at all. But is he? he's such an incredibly nice guy and generous, struggling New York City actor, right? Like, there's yeah. a moment where... He meets a buddy in his acting, or uh, he, he runs into a buddy from his acting class that he gave a tip on this beer commercial, and his buddy got the beer commercial instead of him to his agent's mm-hmm. dismay. You
1: told him about the beer commercial?
0: Yeah, he's in my acting class. He's a good guy. You told him, and he got it. it. Schmuck. That opening scene that you just referenced, it's clear that he's helping the woman with the scene, and he's like, I can't help you anymore. I got to get to work. So, like, he's just... He's such a nice guy, right? Uh-huh. Like how, do, how does this take on the struggling New York actor? How does that resonate with you as someone who has been a, a, a theater professional?
1: Um, this, is, this is a different time. This is not what theater is, at least in my mm-hmm. um, uh, experience. It is not this com- camaraderie. I mean, it is ironic that the theater that is done in this town that uh, you and I have both done sure. is called community theater because it feels very cutthroat, and I always say this isn't Broadway. Yeah, this is the
0: throughway. <laughs> Everybody yeah.
1: just calm down and have a good time. Sure.
0: I- ironic that no one's getting paid in local theater, right? Like it's, you're not even getting paid for it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Have I been frustrated losing parts to people? Yes, but. There are a handful of actors in this town. Our our good friend and uh, Night Shift Radio host, Mm -hmm. Talon. Um, I I couldn't have auditioned for it anyways, but he just was in Chicago, and I heard he was wonderful. I sadly missed it. Billy Flynn is a dream role of mine. But but when he was cast, I'm like, fuck yeah, go Talon. That's going to be awesome. And he crushed it, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he did, yeah.
0: He he crushed that that in the same way you crushed Sweeney Todd. I was so mm -hmm. happy to be able to see my two friends in, t- in two of their bucket list roles.
1: And ironically, Sweeney Todd is a bucket list role for Talon. Yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. so like in 10 years, we'll do Sweeney he's for swap. you and yeah. Billy for me. And it's right. like, deal. I'm like, awesome.
0: Yeah, Let's yeah. do this uh, And I'll go see both of you in those uh, alternate productions and enjoy them both, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, this hit home also in the fact that I have played costume comic book characters. You have? for <laughs> yeah.
0: Be, because it was because it was a paycheck, right? Like that was a paycheck. Yeah, that yeah. was a, not a not a great paycheck, but it was a paycheck. Um, to um, be fair, you played both of our favorite heroes.
1: <laughs> I have. I've played Batman and, and Captain America. America. <laughs> is this is this is this potshots making it Captain Avenger? Uh, I, I
0: I think it's tapping into you know. So, clearly, this is not a Marvel Studios production, right? Like, nope. I think it's just like... And
1: it's not a DC. It's,
0: they, they wanted to be really clear that this is a superhero, right? It's a comic book superhero character, but they don't want to get sued I mean, he makes a Superman
1: reference. Yeah. They, sure. they don't want to get sued, but they make a Superman reference. Mm-hmm. That hmm Then she points it out, and it's always weird.
0: Tomorrow, I'm leaping over a tall building at a single bound. Wrong guy. I'm expanding.
1: Yeah. Like, so, Superman exists in this world. Okay.
0: Superman as a character exists that's what yes. i mean yeah oh, superman yeah, 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 as yeah,
1: yeah. a comic book. they do it a lot on the flash the tv show they would mention marvel characters oh really but that they were a comic book sure 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 sure. like the main kid cisco the one with the long hair i don't know if you ever I don't he'll think be introduced so. to cisco this summer when we yeah. do <laughs> on infinite earth you're gonna have to figure then... out
0: how we do that because i'm not watching like 10 hours of tv i just want to point that out like
1: no it's not 10 hours it's just five parts so it's five hours
0: Oh, fucker. Okay. All right. And you I will, bitched uh, about Roadhouse? Okay. All right. Okay. All
1: right. Do you know why I bitched about Roadhouse? Because Roadhouse.
0: Bad.
1: I got it in. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's playing comic book character for a film promotion after he, he stops a robbery while wearing the Captain Avenger costume. So all this is missing. From Spider Man's origin,
0: <laughs> is a wrestling match.
1: <laughs> is a a wrestling match, but also is Steve's uncle being killed?
0: Right. Luckily, the Jewish shopkeeper is not killed. Luckily. Oh. But the grocery were they, store were our, they
1: borderline offensive?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, there's they are intended to. So I was about to say stereotype. It, it, let me pull back for a second. It, it's interesting because 1980. Is not an era in which New York is seen as a bright, sunny place, right? Like,
1: no, those shots of Times Square in the beginning, like, right, this is a very different New York City than.
0: Yeah, you know, it's four years before Bernard Getz will will kill four black men on the subway that were allegedly attempting to rob him. Right? Is that the, the
1: the Netflix movie is that what that's about those four men
0: oh i'm sure that, and and again i'm sure it wouldn't resonate with you it was a huge like cultural touchstone of the time um it was a big deal and i think that that like symbolized so this era of new york i think of as actually captured perfectly in joker or in scorsese's mean streets like it's new york is not a, 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 a Perceived as a great safe place. But there is this spirit of like optimism and hope throughout this movie, even though, like, there's this, the, the theme of this movie, right? Is that people are thirsting for a hero so much so that they'll, you know, they'll overlay their hopes onto a regular guy in yep. spandex. It, it, Literally. It's a really interesting. I, I, I mean, look, this movie's a lot of fun. At no point is it trying to be cinema. Right, or to tell a deep social societal story, you know, or I mean
1: or, when when John Ritter is doing the whole speech about like Captain Avenger is more than me, it's all of you, that's mm-hmm. about as deep as this movie gets. And it and it closes a circle on it at the end when they rescue him from the burning building, those two random people, and then the fire chief goes in. Right. It's almost like when the Green Goblin has <laughs> Spider Man hanging yes. over. Uh, holding up the Roosevelt Island uh, Ferry, and all those New Yorkers start throwing trash at him, and they're like, you mess with him, you mess with us. It's almost like Sam Raimi saw this movie, and then (laughs) 22 years later made a subpar Spider-Man movie based around beats of this film. It's so weird. so weird.
0: Okay. Look, you've cast the comedic leading man of television in this movie, Sure. You can't shoot mean streets, right? Like, it doesn't <laughs> fit. So it ends up with... This is a taxi his, driver. Yeah, it ends up as this. It, I, he's a taxi driver. He's not uh, Travis Bickle, right? He's not that taxi Thank, driver. Oh, boy. Yeah. But it, 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 it's so interesting now to look back, you know, where New York has been sanitized and, you, you know, the the porno shops have been run out of 42nd
1: Square, yeah. Street and Times Square. Yeah, they're just moved five blocks out.
0: <laughs> it's just not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't match my recollections of this time of how New York City is perceived in pop culture. Sure. I mean, so... Yeah, it's so
1: weird. It's doing the... Showing the gritty, dirty New York City. But at the same time, it feels like New York City of today.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a really
1: weird mix of... Look how gross and gritty New York City is. But look at a fun place it is to live.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which, again, like... They're not looking to make social commentary here. This is nope. clearly, let's take a vehicle to capture the marketability of the biggest leading man on television.
1: It, it feels very much like, we all know New York City's bad. We don't need to do anything about it. Here's a movie. Yes, agree. Just to close the loop on the other thing, yeah. it is called When They See Us. It is about the Central Park Five. That's
0: what, yes, 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 yes. That's
1: what I'm thinking of with the... Where the five uh, men are on trial for an assault. They didn't... Um,
0: they did not do. And Donald Trump was beating the drum that they should be executed. The it, When you say men, they were kids.
1: I'm sorry. Yes, they yeah. were kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, But still, it's just kind of like...
0: I actually think there is... I think there is a... Uh, that's a series the, about...
1: There's the docu-series, but this is the drama based around yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Ooh, um,
1: with Felicity Huffman. Oh, hello, Felicity.
0: Yeah, I feel like... But I, but I feel like there is a... There is a property that's been... That I've seen lately about Bernard Goetz. Maybe I'm misremembering. I wonder if it... Maybe it wasn't Netflix. Maybe it was... A different one, but yeah, oh. okay.
1: Well, it, maybe it's on Apple Plus, we'd never know because they don't know how to promote their shit.
0: <laughs> uh, so we've talked many times about um, my love of Dungeons and Dragons and role playing games. I've played so many role playing games, different systems. There was, I mean, this is how bad, this is how bleak and pessimistic the early 80s were, especially as it pertained to crime. In urban America, there was a game, I think it was, I think it was called Vigilante. Oh. Was that it? Vigilante. Huh. Yes. There was a role-playing game that clearly was capitalizing on Bernard Goetz's killing of those those people. Oh, Um, gross. But it came with, yeah, it came with like, it came with like these, like the the play pieces were like clearly intended to be bullets and stuff it was I, I mean i remember when it came out and i was like even as a young even as a preteen or early teenager i was like oh this doesn't look <laughs> i don't think
1: no I don't think no, no. Be. yeah yeah no but let me tell you why let me t- let me tell you why yeah
0: <clears throat> oh good lord okay
1: all right so um Nicholas decides to continue playing superhero, playing as in air quotes, and discovers that he, that a hero's life is more complex than he expected. If by complex, (laughs) you mean he gets grazed in the arm by a bullet, milks it for three days to be able to mack it to his across street neighbor, then yes, his (laughs) life got more complex.
0: It is certainly a very rosy view of what could happen if you did this in real life, which don't do this in real life. It's a horrible idea, right?
1: <laughs> like what's crazy is like that moment when he gets shot, I was like, Oh, this movie's gonna like turn and be more serious. And and I was like, Oh, never mind. All right, I'm no, still loving this movie, I'm fine with this. It but. will
0: not, yeah. He's got the red, he's got the red smear of makeup across his arm to tell mm-hmm. us that he was grazed by the bullet. Yeah. Uh
1: Ritter's reaction to getting shot and him like crawling back into his car and everything, or getting grazed by the bullet rather, mm-hmm. is really good. Like I was like, Oh shit, you know, John Ritter's had uh, you know, the movie we didn't rave over that he was in. Sling blade.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know,
1: I, I, I was thinking phenomenal. I had that moment of swing blade.
0: He kind of had this moment almost like John Travolta, right? Where he was huge for a time and then he mm-hmm. cools. He comes back, he does, he's the lead of, pro, well, he's the adult lead of Problem Child and and the sequels. Do you remember that? It was about a Dennis the Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, God, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he kind of does this turn, much like John Travolta, where he starts taking these kind of phenomenal roles, but they're like nothing that we've seen him do previously. So Sling Blade certainly falls to mind. There's a couple of other ones. Well, we're
1: also forgetting the 1990 uh, mini-series that he did, It.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. 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 He, As he's Ben. Yeah. He's Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he was on the Cosby show for an episode.
1: Uh, uh, do you know who played Richie? Young Richie? No. Seth Green.
0: What? No. A
1: fair, yeah, very young Seth Green. Go ahead and look it up.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. He's,
1: yeah, he's he's young Richie. That's
0: crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got to be. This is 90. Seth Green was born in what? Seth
0: Green, yeah, plays in young Richie. Holy shit. Seth Green. So
1: he was born in 74, so he's what? In
0: 1990, he's 16. I mean, for me, it was Jesus. Harry Anderson. Again, I don't know. Like, I grew up loving oh, Nightcore. Yeah. Like, Harry Anderson.
1: Best theme song of all time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what he to say. I loved him when he popped up later in his career as Harry the Hat, the uh, mm-hmm. the long-running kind of con man that would pop into the Cheers bar, would always scam them and then kind of float right out. I, I just I yeah. always loved that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I loved. I, I. I have you. Have you watched the sequel slash reboot of *Night Court*?
0: I have not. Nah,
1: I'm not interested.
0: I mean, I know that John Larroquette's on it, and I like him, but I.
1: John Larroquette won 120 Emmys playing uh, Dan Felding on the old series, So*. Yeah. Good for him. Good for but him. But I'm just like, not interested sure. at, at all after what they did to
0: *Quantum Leap*. Yeah. <laughs> Look on a mask with my boy. I'm afraid to even ask this question because you know you didn't see Rocky until I made you watch it.
1: I've Have seen, you seen the, the Godfather. Godfather okay, yes, <laughs> okay. I've seen all three of them. Okay, they don't do it for me, but I've seen them.
0: Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Combat, exploration, and roleplay – these are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game,
1: and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages?
0: That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Talon. Join us at the Fourth Pillar of Play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com.
0: And we look forward to creating with you. Nichols is hired by the mayor's staff.
1: Oh, who's the head of the mayor's staff? Total that guy actor. Uh, Total D-bag actor. Like, he's not a D-bag. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. But I cannot think of a movie where Kevin McCarthy doesn't play the slimy corporate douchebag on some level. Yes. And he does it so perfectly. He does it so well. He does it so well. He's such a punchable face when he's in these parts. This inner space, UHF, just God. He shows
0: up and, I mean, he's the exact same as the reporter in Die Hard. The
1: William Atherton.
0: William Atherton. He's the same as in Sling Blade, the guy who shows up who was a real-life... Uh, United States? No, no, no. no. I, I miss. Remember uh J T. Walsh. Uh, oh, when J T. Walsh. Rest in peace. Yeah, when he shows up, you know that he's a scumbag. Um, the the principal in the Breakfast Club, which Jack just watched and loved. Um, the principal,
1: the principal, or the guy that's there with them.
0: He's the principal all
1: day. No, he's not the principal. He's Is the it? gym teacher.
0: He's not the gym teacher.
1: Wait. He's the guidance counselor. He's not the principal.
0: Uh, Paul Gleason as Richard Vernon. You,
1: All right, hold for one.
0: Yeah, I, is he an assistant?
1: I don't think Richard Vernon. Richard Vernon. Breakfast Club.
0: He's the dete- oh, he's the vice, principal, vice the principal super. That which makes which makes perfect sense. Of course, he's so bitter. He's only the vice principal.
1: <laughs> and uh, and then he repeats literally shot for shot scene for scene that character if you go to uh, Wikipedia you can see it in um, not another teen movie starring Captain America himself Chris Evans
0: Yes, Paul Gleason. And look, good for them. They are working actors. They have careers. They do very well. But and yeah, obviously, they're not those face. people in real life.
1: Yes, right? Yes. Like, they wouldn't have those careers. Right, 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 right. You he's know? A, you,
0: yes, yes. Oh, you know, so William
1: funny. Atherton says that for years, he loved it at first when people would be like, it's true, Your Honor, this man has no dick. You yeah. yell it at him in, in like, <laughs> subways and on streets. And he's like but then i had children and yeah. i was like hey man yeah, my, my kids, kids are, here yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean this movie is full of i would say that guy actors but they're not that guy actors for the time they are people you would cast so the media guy that the uh the kevin mccarthy's character is is interacting with to try and get the mayor reelected the media guy the amazing the guy that
1: owns the uh the, the, the agency the PR company.
0: yeah Bert yeah. Convy, right? Like, he was... Who,
1: it's a note later, and I'll just say it oh, here, sure. since we're talking about it, I thought Milo was him. When he first showed up for the date, oh, and he's honking his horn, I was like, oh, it's the guy, and that's how they're going to connect. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, it's just some other like some douchebag. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Who is, a, who is another... Um, was that... Oh, hang on. Was he one of. Was he Starsky or Hutch? Hold on. What? Wait, hold on. Let me double check that. Uh, No. I could. uh, Probably not. Probably not. Let me just run it down. Hey, let me go to the IMDb. Uh, Rick Podell is the actor. Best known for. Oh, no. Okay. Only two episodes, so I must be remembering from something else. He was in two episodes of Emergency. Do you remember that TV show we were talking about? Emergency, (laughs) exclamation point? He was two episodes of that. He was a total TV actor. What did I... I thought he was Starsky or Hutch, which he clearly was not. He was on Chips. He was on Jefferson's, Family Ties, Laverne and Shirley. I mean, maybe it's just I saw him in a Uh, $6 million man.
1: Oh, but you know what? I'm looking up... uh... Paul Michael Glazer?
0: he looks uh, like yeah him, right? they
1: they they do they did they, they totally do, uh,
0: it's especially because he's got like the, like the the perm the
1: white the white man fro yes
0: yes yes huh yes. huh yeah yeah okay gl- I don't so feel so bad oh
1: right they were they were both in uh, the terrible Starsky and Hutch movie, uh.
0: The the, the the actual Starsky and Hutch. Yes. Rick Padell, the gentleman the, who's in Heart Hero at Large. And David not, yeah, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was talking no, about the.
0: The two. Yeah, they did. They did which they should rightly do, which is you cast the originals, even as cameos, and you give them lines so they get paid. Yeah. Well,
1: season. unless they're dead, like when they did the Dragnet one, and then he's just a picture.
0: Yeah, that's fine. And Harold Ramis in the uh, female Ghostbusters is a, is a bust. It's a bust of him.
1: Oh, well, and Sigourney Weaver's in that one, too.
0: Oh, is she? Oh, I think I missed yeah, that.
1: Yeah, she plays Kate McKinnon's mother.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yep, that's right. Yep, I remember that. So Nichols is hired by the mayor's staff, who hope the Captain Avengers tie-in will win votes for an upcoming election. The plan is ultimately discovered and exposed by the media. Oh, and how
1: is it exposed? What fight is exposed? Oh, well, that's right, a, a subway fight, just like in
0: Spider-Man 2. <laughs> you, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking as I was watching this, this is one of those plots that could not exist today. Mm -hmm. At this time, though, it's totally plausible. Even though he's a, you know, struggling working actor, it's totally plausible that the odds are no one would recognize him. There's no video footage. There's no internet. You can't find the clips. Like, nowadays, it would be, you know, less than an hour, right? We'd know who the person was, all the horrible things they'd done growing up, like... Other social it doesn't media help accounts.
1: that he's just wearing some big ass sunglasses over his face. I'm like, you could still see it's John redder,
0: <laughs> but it doesn't matter because there was no pictures or video of it happening. It was right, a description, right. right. And like if you didn't see the broadcast, it wasn't like VCRs where everything was being taped, right? So this is just a plot that could not exist today
1: yeah VCRs were like a thousand dollars at this point, yeah,
0: and owned by companies, not by individuals,
1: right. And now they're, Back to being $1,000 and are owned by fucking hipsters. That's right. Like you. And me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not a hipster. I just uh, yeah. I, I refuse to give up t- technology.
0: That's it. So he's exposed, which leaves Captain Avenger on the outs with the public. Encouraged mm-hmm. by his girlfriend Jolene to not rely on the costume Jolene. and mask to gain adulation, Nichols later becomes a bona fide hero when he rescues a child from a burning apartment building.
1: Oh, he saves a kid from a burning apartment building, just like uh, <laughs> just like Spider-Man One. I feel like it's almost like uh, the Green Goblin should have shown up and be like, can
0: the Spider-Man come out and play? <laughs> I think you're reading too much into this, but I hear you. I hear
1: you. Will William Duffo? D- yes, or Defo 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 William, right. it's supposed to be. You know just who's that like is Timot- in this
0: though is Denzel Washington.
1: Or Timothée Chalamet. Timothée Chalamet right. wasn't even born. I don't even know if his parents were born. He's so young.
0: You know who in is my in my mind? This, Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. This uh, is like one of his. Hit re- at the, at the movie preview. <sighs> Hang on. Was this. When was the first Friday the 13th? That's my question.
0: It's before this. I'm sorry. It's nope, after same this. Year. It's at, no, no, it's same, after this. Yeah. Same year. 1980, Friday the
1: 13th. Very first Friday the 13th, 1980.
0: 1980. Oh yeah.
1: And Holy he is shit. the very first one who's killed. Spoiler. Wow. He is uh stabbed through the chest with a uh with a pair of um, like shears. Shears, yeah. Garden shears,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh god. My so my favorite is the uh, old man. Uh Rex Everett, Everhart. rather. Uh
0: you're all doomed. You mean the, uh, what's the what uh, Harbinger. The Harbinger. (laughs) Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yes, I am. I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. You're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off.
1: That's rude. I don't know who's in the room.
0: Fine. There. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. It wasn't all by your numbers. The fool nearly derailed the invocation with his insolence. The Ancient Ones see everything, and they will not be... <laughs> I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Lord of God! I can't believe oh, I it. Oh man,
1: this is... We are only in an hour and eight minutes. your TSPHC army... This is only a short episode because there's not a whole lot to talk about. This is not The Mask where it, we just didn't want to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. That said, go watch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I say end movie, is there anything else you want to talk about in this movie?
0: No, I definitely, you know, I think it's it's interesting for me, you know, being alive at the time when this came out and seeing this when it came out, you know, it's interesting now to see how our culture, you know, the, the you know, a snapshot of 1980s culture, it's interesting to see it now. It's it's a fun movie. That's it. Here's what
1: I'll say. Sure. Um, then this will lead us into end movie and talking about all the stuff. If this was made today, shot for shot, beat for beat, edited the same way and everything, oh, my God, I would fucking hate this thing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no, no. We don't make movies like this anymore. The fact that this is 1980, probably shot in 79- Mm-hmm. so it's still very much that time period of how movies were made. You can't be mad at it. Like yeah. we didn't know any better. This is just how they made movies. I, I have a sneaking suspicion since the director was a mostly TV director. He was a director for hire. There's yep. like, oh, you got to direct this thing, you know, be on set to make sure the, the cast doesn't act up, you know, and maybe give a couple pointers, but everyone's going to just do what they're there to do. Nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of movies that are made that way. Please, go find this movie and enjoy the fuck out of it. Yeah, 100%. And and with that, I will say, End <laughs> Movie. Hey, buddy. Oh, so, Todd. Yeah. We once again
0: come to the end here. of the episode.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, who's your favorite character?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's Steve Nichols, John Ritter. He's supposed to be likable. He he shows a moral character that makes him admirable and likable. It's Steve Nichols.
1: Yes, it's Steve Nichols. I will only add um, my new favorite phrase for people like this. He is adorable.
0: Oh, that's sweet. I like that.
1: He's um, a dork. He's an adorable dork. Like, you, you can't not love him in this movie.
0: Agree. Agree. Casey, what is the best scene in the movie? It's the
1: fire uh, at the end. Oh. That was really exciting. Very well done. That's a lot of practical fire that John Ritter is working with. Sure. In what I'm assuming is not a flame retardant um, <laughs> spandex Band-X, suit. So he's yeah. Like, so how close do I need to get to this fire?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna do bookends: the beginning and end of his hero career. For me, it's the it's the it's the gross the. The corner store on, uh, what street is it? He keeps asking him, Bleecker. I was like, he's like, mm-hmm. you know the little market on Bleecker? I'm like, it's New York City. Bleecker? There's, you know, how many stores are there on Bleecker? No, he but,
1: says both. He says Bleecker and whatever the cross street is. But the rest of the movie, it's it's not. And it, uh, I'm, oh. I'm sure there's a bo- bodega. I mean, when you get down near Bleecker, Should... there's a bodega
0: everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But um,
1: I love that he calls it a market. I'm like, oh. No, no, that's a bodega. That's what we call that now.
0: Well, now, right? But then Mm -hmm. it's a you know the little you know the the,
1: right. This is pre food emporium being everywhere, so that would be. And now Wegmans, fucking Wegmans is in in Manhattan now. That's
0: crazy, Um, but it's it's that scene and it's fun. You know, he swings on a pipe. It's just it's it's ridiculous and fun. He slaps a knife out of the guy's hand. Don't hey kids, don't do that. Like it's
1: don't don't yeah don't don't yeah. But it's nope, it's do be a hero it, at large. <laughs> it
0: does exactly what it's supposed to
1: do. The beginning, he's he's lifting himself up on the the bar that yep. is totally paid Check-ups. off with that.
0: Or pull-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: With the uh with him doing that. I'm just like,
0: oh, cool. That was fun. Chekhov's pull-up, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh is there anything you would cut from this thing?
0: No, it's like an hour no. 37 with the credits. It doesn't feel like it drags. It does what's supposed Never to do. It's drags. a fun watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally fun. Nothing, nothing I would cut out. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then finally, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? I mean, it's Sean Ritter. I, I, yeah, it's Sean Ritter. And I, and I think everyone's having, like, it, this doesn't feel like oh, yeah, everyone's being having called a blast, but to do
1: anything. the most fun is Sean Ritter. Agree. Yes. Because he knows exactly what movie he's in. Um, did he yeah. do this because Jason had been born? Do you think? Um, Jason Ritter was born in 80. So, I mean, or like he but, knew he no. was going to have a kid.
0: No, I, I think it's just like he's an established actor by the time Three's Company happens. He becomes mm-hmm. like one of the biggest actors in TV. And I think it's just like, look, I, I'm sure this was filmed between seasons, right? Like, I'm sure it was, he mm-hmm. had a hiatus from Three's Company. You got it, you know, it's a tight shooting schedule to fit it in. I'm sure it's just like you reach that point where you're a working actor and you're successful and they want you for things, you say yes to things, right? Like,
1: just like. If someone asks you if you are a god.
0: You say yes. You say exactly yes. Exactly. Um, so, Casey, uh, yeah. we say it at the end now. Do you want to take a guess what the IMDb score for this movie was?
1: Oh, I'm sure this thing probably sits in the sixes, low six.
0: 5.9. Yeah.
1: That's stupid.
0: Yeah, it's unfair. Yeah.
1: This is not. This is, I'm not giving this thing a ten. No, this is it's not, not the Dark
0: Knight, right? It's not social commentary. But as a it's piece a, of it's entertainment, like
1: a seven, five, eight, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with. Yeah, this isn't. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I may watch it again at some point just for fun and whimsy. Mm-hmm. But I'm good with it. I'm, yeah. I'm I did. I, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Agreed. but also if if you are someone who can't look back at something from this time period and can only see it in a modern filmmaking lens, and you hated this,
0: okay, I can understand. I'm really? cool sure. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you watch this with your kids? Well, oh, we stopped asking that question. We stopped asking that question. I'm going to take it off my page then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, they would be bored, but there's nothing there's nothing objectionable in it. No. Yeah. All right, so Casey. And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet.
1: Oh, boy. You got two left, big guy. two left. How man. you feeling? How are you feeling about that? I mean, that?
0: listen, I'm not upset about this movie. This was an odd pull, but, you know, neither one of us had a bad time, so.
1: Todd, sometimes you just need an odd pull.
0: Yeah. Listen, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll sleep on my hand, so it feels like somebody else. <laughs> oh, is a, okay.
1: you son of a bitch. All right,
0: so I have in my hand here a piece of paper. There are. <gasps> Oh, yes. We're going to be very happy with this. Oh, boy. So the slip Are says we? Unbreakable Verse. We've already uh, watched wait. Unbreakable. Oh, it's
1: Split. So we're watching Split. Ooh, I love this movie. Oh, we got a little more McAvoy in our life.
0: Yeah, and who's upset about that? No one.
1: And Anna Taylor-Joy
0: and... Oh, my gosh. I forgot she was in this.
1: Oh, yeah, spoiler, uh, because this, it, we're not supposed to know until the end of this film. This is a unbreakable sequel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Came <sighs> out in 2016. It's, it's the second in the Unbreakable verse. So we're going to watch 2016 split, and we're going to watch the trailer right now. Yeah. Hey,
1: pardon me, sir. I think you have the wrong car. What are we doing here? I was sent to get you for a reason.
0: There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom, like we're important.
1: The only chance we have is if all three of us go crazy on this guy. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! Help us! We're in here! Don't worry. He's not allowed to touch you, he knows what you're here for. Listens to me. My
0: name's Hedwig.
1: How old are you?
0: Nine. I've never seen a case like this before.
1: Twenty three identities live in Kevin's body. Who are you? Help me get out of here, Hedwig. Are you trying to trick me? I'll tell on you. Aren't you the clever one? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. Who's coming? The beast.
0: There's a man here. He abducted us and he's going to kill me. We're meant for something. Something horrible. The world will understand now. The beast is real. He's done awful things to people, and he'll do awful things to you. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Of the young women in the uh, beginning of this, or in this movie, I, I... don't know any of the rest of them. Anna Taylor Joy exploded over the other two.
0: Yep, Haley Lou Richardson and Jessica Sula. And, yep. Um, yeah, they're not jumping. I didn't watch White Lotus, but Haley Lou Richardson was in that. Jessica no, Sula.
1: Oh wow, Top Cast. It is not even um, doesn't even show Mr. Willis.
0: I mean, it, it should... Well, it, well yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Google page shows him, but yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, It's just... It's, I'm excited. Is this the time to talk about that this... That, like a lot of Hollywood movies, this completely misuses associated identity disorder?
0: Yeah, of course. Look, you should not... But in the end... Don't take learning from... Yeah.
1: But in the end, it's a superpower. So this is like one of the only times... I'm okay with it. Also, the fact that they're just like, we want James McAvoy to show what a fucking phenomenal actor he is, because that is what this movie does. He's.
0: And spoiler, he <coughs> does.
1: Yeah, he's so good in this film.
0: It's a great film. I, I mean, I love this film. And the moment at the end, which again, this movie's seven years old. I don't feel bad. The moment where we learn that it's part of the Unbreakable universe was like, oh. <gasps> You know, it was the kind of twist that I love when they're done well in M. Night Shyamalan movies. I saw
1: this after it came out and somehow made it through it being in the theaters, mm-hmm. not finding out. Thank you, 2016 reviewers, because even today, even five, even like three years after this, they were spoiling shit like this. They were like, the twist at the end uh, elevates this movie. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, what's the twist going to be? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. Never in a million years. No. Was never. it Bruce Agreed. Willis sitting in a diner being like, I should probably go look at this guy up? I'm like,
0: oh my God, it's Agreed. David. <laughs> yep. Agree 100%. Now, do you want to guess? Right.
1: I remember his name from Unbreakable.
0: <laughs> That's right. Do you want to guess at the IMDb score for Split? Uh, it's.
1: Low to mid sevens, I'm going to yeah,
0: guess.
1: 7.3. Yeah, I'm really good at this. I don't know if you really downsizing. are. Yeah. Really I, are. And I'm going to guess that uh, Glass is much, much lower as well. It should be. God, what a disappointment that movie was. It's the only downside that we're doing Split now is that that means the next one in this franchise ahead. we have to do is Glass. It just, yeah. Holy shit. I just was disappointed every turn in that movie.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll say I'll save it for the
1: I'll save it for the episode. We'll save it for when we get to that episode. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Uh, Hey, uh, that's that's an episode. One nineteen.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, everybody! Happy New Year! Welcome back from our little hiatus. Um, So yeah, this was uh, a lot of fun, and I think next uh, the month of January is going to be nothing but fun.
0: That's right. I mean,
1: as much as a movie about a person with identity. dissociative disorder, uh, kidnapping young women and eating them can be, uh, you know,
0: air quotes. Well, sure. You're going to (laughs) quibble. Fun. (laughs) Now, Casey, if people want to quibble with us and they've got some things to share, how should they do that?
1: Well, you can find any of our social media right on the liner notes for this episode. But I'll tell you right here, you can email us at superpodherocast at gmail.com because...
0: Only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. Find his music at Incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at Silvermansound.com.
1: So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan.
0: For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic.
1: Be heroic. All right, buddy. Oh, bud, that was fun.
0: It was fun. It was an easy one.